Welcome to Full Court Press, and I'm Liam Griffin. 2021 edition, I forgot to add. Aiden, week 16 was insane, but it's very possible that week 17 will top it. Hey, man, we're looking at some crazy matchups. We're looking at crazy clinching situations for the playoffs. It may be an insanely good week. I'll tell you, man, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, boys and girls, back on the show today is Mr. Seattle, based in Philly, Mr. Aiden Levin. On today's episode, we recap a wild week 16, preview a huge week 17, and discuss the Padres' blockbuster moves. We begin today talking about yesterday's college football playoff semifinals, beginning with Clemson and Ohio State. I said a week ago Ohio State would be motivated by Dabo Sweeney's number 11 rankings, and if what they did yesterday isn't motivation, I don't know what is. The Buckeyes blew the game open by halftime, leading 35-14 at the break, en route to a 49-28 victory ending Trevor Lawrence's college career on a very sour note. Aiden, what are your big takeaways from this game for Ohio State, Clemson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, overall? My big takeaway is Justin Fields deserves some respect. The Ohio State Buckeyes, even though they only played six games, they destroyed Clemson's offense. The defensive line for Ohio State just took over, put enough pressure on Trevor Lawrence that he just couldn't get anything done, and it was a really good all-around game for Ohio State. I think Trevor Lawrence couldn't handle the pressure that Ohio State was giving him, which was shocking to me because I thought, you know, it's Trevor Lawrence. He can't do any wrong. But it looked like Ohio State had a really in, really good game to prove that they belonged in the playoff. And it looked like uh, their running back, Sermon, he had a game, like career game. It was just all around. Everyone showed up for Ohio State, and that's what they need to do when they play Bama. So the thing that struck me the most was some of the debates not on the show that were going on after the game. Like, I saw Adam Schefter, who, for those of you who don't know, is an NFL insider for ESPN, post a photoshopped picture of Justin Fields in a Jacksonville Jaguars jersey. That really made me start to think, could it be possible... Could it be possible that this performance has made Justin Fields overtake Trevor Lawrence in the NFL draft? I think it is unlikely, in my personal opinion. But at the same time, when you've got a guy like Adam Schefter posting that, you can't not pay attention to it. But getting back to the game itself, I mean, Clemson's defense has... I said a week ago, Clemson's defense is going to be their key. Because when they lost to Notre Dame, they gave up 47 points. When they narrowly lost to BC, they gave up 28 points. That was the benchmark for them. They gave up 35 by halftime. So I'm beginning to wonder, was Clemson as good as we think they were? And it pains me to say that because they come from the ACC where Syracuse plays, but you can't deny that the Tigers' potentially weak schedule may have helped them. Can't deny it. Couldn't agree more with you. Well, Liam, Ohio State's performance was remarkable yesterday, like we said, but can they beat Alabama? The Crimson Tide didn't have many problems in yesterday's 31-14 win against Notre Dame. Mac Jones played well once again, and Devonta Smith caught three touchdowns yesterday. Alabama's offense right now is dynamic enough, but the very possible return of Jalen Waddell would make them even more so, Liam. So is there any way you see Alabama losing in the championship? Well, I don't start by saying, I don't, Alabama did not play great yesterday. Let's just throw that out there. I mean, they won 31-14, but they were favored to win by at least by at least three touchdowns, and 
in my opinion, Notre Dame could have won that game, but given that they were playing Alabama, you know, obviously tough stuff. But I, I think there's a possibility where they lose. I mean, if they don't get Waddle back, then if the Ohio State defense can neutralize, for lack of a better word, Devontae Smith the way they did Trevor Lawrence yesterday, then yeah, they can win this game. But it will take a lot. But at the same time, if Alabama's... If one thing goes wrong within Alabama's program, I mean, they're in big trouble. I mean, these are the last two undefeated Power 5 teams remaining. It's time to find out who's the best. But and both teams are going to have to be picturesque if they're going to win this game. I couldn't agree more. I think they both need to be picturesque. However, I think there's no way that Alabama loses this game. I think Alabama just has the firepower. Mac Jones, the Heisman candidate, um, with Devonta Smith. I don't know if there's a way to shut down Devonta Smith. He's just insane. And not even to say they still have Najee Harris. Let's just let's just go with that. He's still there. Even if they shut down Devonta Smith, they have Najee Harris waiting in the whims right there. I think their firepower is just too much for Ohio State to handle on the offensive side. And I just think it's going to be a blowout. I really do. And they might add Jalen Waddle. Keep that in mind. Exactly. Exactly. But regardless, the stage is set for an exciting finale to a crazy season. Aiden, I know this sport isn't exactly your strong suit, but let's move on to baseball. Early this week, the Padres made two power plays, acquiring Blake Snell from the Rays and Hugh Darvish from the Cubs. Snell won the 2018 Cy Young Award and was re- remarkable in the 2020 postseason. He won the AL Award. I don't remember whether or not I said it. While Darvish was the runner-up in this year's NL Cy Young race. However, the Dodgers are still a massive juggernaut. So are these moves enough for San Diego to upend their rivals? Look, Blake Snell was a really good pickup for them. They needed uh, more pitching strength. Uh, same with you, Darvish. Both of those moves are crazy to me that they could pull that off. However, we're talking about the Dodgers. We're, 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 we're talking about the Dodgers. Come on. Mookie Betts, is, is Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. Like, come on. The Dodgers are a powerhouse. I don't see any team that could beat the Dodgers again. Um, I don't see a team that could come close to beating the Dodgers. Shout out the Rays for winning games in the World Series. I don't remember. I think it was, they won two games. They won two games. But like three games. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Even, I don't see anyone beating the Dodgers. Even without Turner, I mean, that team is still a powerhouse because it's still a possibility that he doesn't re-sign there, which I personally think he will. But at the same time, I mean, you talk about the Potters have made two big moves. Hugh Darvish was amazing this year for the Cubs, but he had a shaky postseason for the Dodgers a few years ago. And then Blake Snell. Blake Snell had one of the best pitching performances in World Series history going for him in Game 6 until Kevin Cash decided to take him out way too prematurely. It ended up costing the Rays the game and the series. So that being said, this is an excellent move for the Padres. It provides a sort of, maybe a redemption story, perhaps, for Blake Snell. Because he, if he goes out and dominates the Dodgers in the postseason again, the Padres win that series again, and then it just makes the Rays look even more foolish. Spoiler alert, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh God, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I don't think it's gonna happen. 
Well, regardless, Aiden, it won't be easy for the Dodgers to get past them again with their bolstered pitching. Do you know what is easy? Podcasting with Anchor. Well, Aiden, week 16 of the NFL was hectic. Week 17, maybe even more so. We start with a brief week 16 recap, and we start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were down 24-7 early in the third quarter when Ben Roethlisberger apparently found his moxie again. The black and yellow put on a varsity performance to Mike Tomlin's liking from then onward, scoring the game's final 21 points and wrapping up the AFC North. Pittsburgh will rest their stars in Week 17, meaning Mason Rudolph will start against the Browns again. A little revenge here, maybe? But getting back on topic, Aiden, are you convinced Pittsburgh has found their mojo again? I'm not entirely convinced. I think it was one game. I think that Mason Rudolph starting is its just, I think, the Browns have a chance to clinch the playoffs in this game. We'll see how the week of rest does for Ben Roethlisberger to, um, and then move on to the playoffs from there. Um, I think they're going to wrap up the three seed, which I think has already been clinched for them. Um, not the three seed entirely, but I think they're going to wrap up the three in the AFC, which means they'll play the six seed, which is somewhere along the lines of those five, 10 and five teams that are still trying to fight for playoff seeding. Um, and I know I could be the Colts again. We'll see how it goes. I'm not entirely too sure what's going to happen. Um, it depends on the team they play, but I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to not go too far in the playoffs. I don't think their mojo is entirely back. You made an interesting point about the whole week of rest thing since, because remember a year ago when the Baltimore Ravens sat out Lamar Jackson in week 17 and how flat he came out of the gate in that playoff game against the Titans. Exactly my point. And Pittsburgh still has a chance at the two seed. Let's make that perfectly clear. If they win this weekend and Buffalo loses to Miami, Pittsburgh gets the two seed, which makes things all the more interesting that they're sitting Big Ben this weekend. They clearly don't seem too concerned about it, but my personal opinion, I would be. That's too. If you get the two seed, win you win you win in wild card weekend, you get another home playoff game during the divisional game during the divisional round, mm-hmm. which I and with Cuomo announcing fans are going to be loud and built and in Orchard Park is where, where the Bills play. That's bad news for opposing teams. That is a crazy fan base, Aiden. I should know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but to get back on the point, I mean, more blame falls onto the Colts, in my opinion, because you're up 24-7 to in the third quarter, and they don't have fans in the building, so you don't have them to distract you. Figure it out, man. I mean, come on. <sighs> It, it, it was bad. It, it was, was bad. It was really bad. I mean... Look, the Steelers might even end up playing Indianapolis in the wild card weekend. Well, like, again. Yeah, we just don't know. It, it It's one of many scenarios. Each on, each is unlikely as the next. Yeah, there's a there's five, ten, and five teams looking for the three there's wild card five, spots. Five, ten, and five teams fighting for four spots. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see how it goes. Yes, see how it goes. Well, Browns fans are hoping for a junior varsity performance from them in week 17. Speaking of the Browns, uh, they were missing their top four receivers in week 16, and it was absolutely no excuse for the lose to the stinking Jets. As bad as the fumble at the end of the game was, the defense's performance in the first half may have been even worse. If the Browns won the game, they would have made the playoffs since Indianapolis lost. But now it's another win and get in scenario for the Browns. Liam, don't tell me you're not worried. <laughs> oh, I'm worried, all right. I mean, 
this is the Jets. And they beat the Rams in Week 15. Look what's happening to the Rams now. They're now in a win and get in scenario. And they'll be without Jared Goff and Cooper Cup this weekend. We'll get more into that later. But, but they just have not looked like the same football team since they lost to the stinking Jets. I mean, they don't look... They don't look like the LA Rams anymore. Let's just make it frank. They don't look like the same football team that absolutely destroyed the New England Patriots in week 14, I think it was. They just look different. I mean, I don't know what's gotten into them. I, I really don't. I wish I could tell you. But yeah, to get I... back on get back on to the point, since we're supposed to be talking about the Browns. I mean... If they don't get, if they don't make the playoffs this weekend, then the beat goes on to say the least. I mean, you're talking about a franchise that has longed and waited for a good, successful team for years and years. I don't I don't think in our lifetimes we've known a good Browns team. And now here's their chance. And if they don't make it, I mean they were in a win and get in scenario against the Jets. If they lose to Pittsburgh tomorrow and don't get in, the the future of the Cleveland Browns depends on them winning tomorrow. I'm talking about a few years down the line. If they want to get into a Super Bowl, if they want to continue to grow, the future of the Cleveland Browns depends on them winning this game tomorrow. Because if they don't, if they don't make the playoffs, that's the ultimate demoralizer. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. I sh- I'm not too worried about them losing to the Steelers. Um, without Ben Roethlisberger, look, it's a revenge game for Mason Rudolph, whatever. I get it. He got bonked in the head. Like, it it happened. Um, we're looking for it. Kevin Stefanski named Miles Garrett captain for the game. Um, I thought that was quite funny. Shout out Stefanski. But, like, man, I'm not too worried about it. I'm really not. I think Cleveland... They have their wide receivers back. Jarvis Landry's back in the game. Um, unfortunately, they're missing their top cornerback in Denzel Ward. That's However, a big loss. I'm, it's a big loss, but he would be covering Juju Smith-Schuster anyway, who is a glorified two receiver. I'm not too worried about um, the Cleveland Browns this weekend. I think they could win against the Steelers and make the playoffs. We're well, interested to see if Juju dances on their logo. And, you know, the Jets have now beaten the Rams and Browns in back-to-back weeks. Leads me to believe they should focus on a position other than quarterback come April. Okay, time for the history lesson, boys and girls, where we honor great achievements in the past in the coming week. 55 years ago today, January 2nd, Vince Lombardi and the Packers beat the Cleveland Browns 22-12 in the NFL title game. This game is remarkable for two reasons. First, this was the last NFL championship game played before the Super Bowl era. Second, it was the first NFL game televised in color. Man, it's very hard to imagine watching live NFL football in black and white, Aiden. I'm sure you can agree. Oh, I couldn't agree more. 20 years ago, Monday, January 4th, Michael Jordan with the Washington Wizards became the fourth player in NBA history to score 30,000 career points, hitting a free throw against his old team, the Bulls. Jordan sits fifth all-time behind Kareem, Karl Malone, LeBron, and Kobe, but keep in mind, he took time off to play baseball, and there was also a gap in between the second 3P and his time with the Wizards. Regardless, 30,000 points was yet another remarkable accomplishment in his Aaronis' career. It was, and that is why he's my GOAT, or one of the reasons why. 26 years ago, Wednesday, January 6th, one of the biggest controversies in sports history began when ice skater Tanya Harding's bodyguard attacked fellow ice skater Nancy Kerrigan. 
Hardy and Kerrigan were longtime rivals. Hardy denied involvement in the incident throughout the 1994 Winter Olympics. She competed in those Olympics after winning the U.S. National Championship, but performed poorly, coming in 8th place, which was considered a letdown, and many called karma. A few weeks after the Olympics, she later pleaded guilty to conspiracy to hinder prosecution and was fined $160,000 and put on probation for three years, banned from the U.S. Figure Skating Association while losing her 1994 national championship. As for Kerrigan, she remarkably came back to skate very well at the Olympics, but only won silver thanks to a surprise performance from UK Ukrainian Oksana Bayul. Nonetheless, this scandal is still talked about frequently, especially with the recent release of the film, I, Tanya. It's hard to imagine this scandal going anywhere in society today. Yeah, I couldn't imagine this happening today. That's unbelievable. Nine years ago, Friday, January 8th, the 316 game took place. It is so named because Tim Tebow wrote John 316 on his eye black before the game, and it took quite the miracle at the end of the game for his Broncos to pull it off. On the first play of overtime, Tebow hit Demarius Thomas on the first scrimmage play of overtime to seal a 29-23 Denver victory, stunning heavily favored Pittsburgh. Tebow has fallen out of the NFL since and is now in minor league baseball, but will always be remembered as an outstanding college quarterback and for that famous throw. Yeah, and that game is remarkable to me for two reasons. One, because I remember I was sitting in my parents' bedroom watching the game, and then my dad just jumps off the bed going absolutely crazy because that's something you rarely I mean that's like a godforsaken miracle type of play hence why the game is called the 316 game but I also remember my dad saying oh, too bad for Denver now they have to go to Foxborough and we blew them out the next week yep yep I do remember that <laughs> with that time to move on to a special longer edition of who you got with a week 17 special we start with the NFC East race. The Giants play the Cowboys in the early window, and the winner of that game will be rooting for Philadelphia to beat Washington. Because if the football team wins, they take the crown. If Philly wins, the winner of the Dallas-New York game gets a home playoff game. Aiden, I know it's kind of hectic, to say the least, but with all this in mind, who you got winning the NFC East? I find the Dallas-New York game is going to be irrelevant because the Washington football team is going to the playoffs. Listen, the Eagles are sitting their starters. They're sitting nine starters, including Miles Sanders. Um, it's there. There's no chance that the Washington football team should not win this game. Jalen Hurts could have a monster performance, but it's just they're sitting nine starters this weekend. It's it's unbelievable. They they don't want anyone to get injured, and I get it. It's it's they've already been eliminated, but you know, I it just leads the Washington football team to the playoffs to me. It's just an open door. Yeah, even with even if they don't get Alex Smith back, which I sincerely hope they do, they should have no problem winning this game. I mean, Philadelphia Eagles are an embarrassment this year. I mean. I know they started to put on a show once they started Jalen Hurts, but Carson once, man, he was. If is it an understatement? Is it an overstatement to say that Carson Wentz hit rock bottom this year, because he had his job taken from him? I mean, yeah, Washington should win this game, hence making the Dallas New York game irrelevant. Which I think New York is going to win. I think they're going to. They nearly beat Dallas the last time they played when they had Dak Prescott for three quarters of the game, but. Now that they're playing in New York, no fans, or Jersey, excuse me. 
Giants should win the game, but it's going to be irrelevant because Washington football team will win. Couldn't agree more. Man, I can't believe that the Washington football team is likely going to win, make the playoffs. Unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. Moving along, Tampa Bay has one NFC wildcard slot locked up, but the other two are up for grabs between the Rams, Bears, and Cardinals. All three teams have win-and-get-in scenarios as L.A. and Arizona play each other and Chicago plays Green Bay. So, Liam, at the end of it, who nabs the last two spots? So, the first slot is going to go to Arizona because I think they're going to beat the Rams tomorrow. I mean, the Rams don't have their quarterback or their top wide receiver. Even without Kyler Murray, the Cardinals still have DeAndre Hopkins. And people were giving them a lot of grief for losing to San Francisco. Hold your horses there, buddy. Because San Francisco was in the Super Bowl last year, fully healthy. And when they get all their pieces back, when they get Garoppolo, Bosa, all them back, and Debo Samuel, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender again. You heard it here first. And like, getting back to the question, Arizona's going to win, which leaves the Rams' fate in the Chicago's hands. And since Green Bay is still playing for something, Green Bay will beat Chicago tomorrow. Chicago will miss the playoffs. The Rams and the Cardinals will nab the last two wildcard spots. As much as it burns me inside to see these two NFC West teams make the playoffs, oh, I'm not looking forward to it, but I agree with you. From the looks of it, depending on our seeding, we're going to have to play one of these teams in the in the wildcard weekend as a Seattle fan. It's not looking pretty to me, but we'll see how it goes. But I agree that these two teams will nab a playoff both of the playoff spots that are remaining in the nfc talking about wildcard weekends before we get into it we're talking we, we have three games back to back to back saturday and sunday and then on monday we have the college football playoff championship game so this next weekend is going to be one heck of a ride my friend i will not be leaving my couch this is gonna <laughs> be a great weekend <laughs> yeah it'll be well, i'll need to walk the dog in the morning but other than that i don't see myself leaving the couch Moving on to the NFC top seed, Aiden, your Seattle Seahawks are in the running for this, but it will take a lot for them. If Green Bay wins, they get the top seed. New Orleans needs a win, a Green Bay loss, and a Seattle win to get it. And Seattle needs a win and losses from both Green Bay and New Orleans. Aiden, kind of complex, but is there a simple solution? There is a simple solution. Unfortunately, the Green Bay Packers will be taking the one seed in the NFC it's really not hard for me to understand, um, for, for many people to understand. They're going to beat Chicago. It's going to be a blowout win against Chicago. And it's, it's just a win and get in scenario. I think Seattle is playing for the two seed. I think we can beat San Francisco. And New Orleans, New Orleans is going into this game missing Kamara because he's on the COVID-19 list. So they're playing without um, Alvin Kamara. I think it's it's hard for me to believe that New Orleans won't beat the Carolina Panthers. However, I think it's a possibility. So I think, back to the question, Green Bay takes the number one seed easily. And I think it's, it's not going to be a problem. Yeah, I mean, this really shouldn't be a question at all because Green Bay is going to win their game. I think that Seattle should beat San Francisco. I don't know if they will. And New Orleans should beat Carolina, but... Green Bay is going to be Chicago. People were saying that they aren't contenders before the start of the year. They're just as much of contenders as anybody right now. I mean, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. If Patrick Mahomes gets it, 
Well, in my opinion, that's good because that means he won't win the Super Bowl thanks to the famous Super Bowl MVP, MVP of the Super Bowl, Curtis. I don't know if you're aware of it. I'm very much aware. So that's why I hope Mahomes gets MVP because I don't, I don't want to see a repeat champion. But even so, even if he does, doesn't win it, repeating is the hardest thing to do in sports. But getting back to the point, Green Bay will get the number one seed. Couldn't agree more with you. Couldn't agree more. Moving on, the AFC's top seed is set, but two and three will come down to this weekend. Buffalo can get it with a win, but Pittsburgh can get it with a win and a Buffalo loss, Liam. So who nabs two and who nabs three? Buffalo nabs two because Pittsburgh's wrestling all their starters. So if Buffalo, I mean, they can go full throttle, but I don't think they have to. Buffalo will win this game. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Pittsburgh's, you know, benching all their starters or sitting them. So it's like it's it's handing Buffalo the two seed. Um, it's it's handing it to them. It's an interesting scenario because um, with our like our next uh, topic of conversation, we talk about all those ten and five teams, but like Miami losing to Buffalo, that's huge. That is huge for the situation. And yeah, we'll get into that now as we close with the four to seven wild card race in the AFC. It's a five team race for four spots, and coincidence or not, all five teams are ten and five. Baltimore, Cleveland, Miami, and Tennessee all have win-and-get-in scenarios, but Indianapolis is still very much in play, especially with Cleveland and Miami both having difficult games ahead. So, Aiden, who will end up rounding out the AFC playoff race out of these five? Well, Tennessee and Indianapolis play each other, if I remember correctly. No, Tennessee plays Houston, Jacksonville plays Indianapolis. Oh, I messed that up. I guess so. Well, it's a win-and-get-in for Tennessee – and I think they could route Houston. I they think will. So. They will route Houston. I hope they do. I really hope they do. And Indianapolis will easily, easily route Jacksonville. Like no question about it. Um, so I think that Tennessee will clinch the division, and Indianapolis will still make a wild card spot. I think Indianapolis deserves the wild card spot. Um, I think the other ones, the last two. I think Cleveland will get one, as we talked about, because I think they can beat Pittsburgh in that win-and-get-in scenario. And I think um, the last one, um, if I'm looking at it correctly, uh, who does Baltimore play? Cincy. Cincy. Yeah, I think it's Baltimore then. They're not going to lose to Cincy. Yeah, so... From my interpretation, it sounds as though you think Miami will lose to Buffalo tomorrow, and I agree with you completely. I think Baltimore's going to take care of business against Cincy. Cleveland's going to take care of business against Pittsburgh's backups. Indianapolis should take care of business against Jacksonville, even though they didn't do it in Week 1, keeping the Jaguars from an 0-16 season. And the Titans will take care of business against the Texans. Unfortunately for the Miami Dolphins and our friend Dominic Chappone, that leaves them out of the playoffs. Yeah, I think I they came close. They they came close. And Tua hasn't been able to close a game, yeah. and Ryan Fitzpatrick's on the COVID nineteen list. So yeah, we'll Fitzpatrick is a bigger loss than people realizing because he he is the closer for that team. You, I would want Fitzpatrick starting this game this weekend based on what I have seen from the both of them this season. Yeah, couldn't agree more. But you know, can't really happen now. <laughs> Can't really happen now. Well, folks, that's all we have for today. I'm Aiden Levin.
I'm, Aiden I'm Liam Griffin. My bad. I'd like to thank Aiden for being my guest today, and thank you for tuning in. Be sure to give this podcast a follow on Instagram at Full Compressed Podcast and on Twitter at Full CP Podcast. That's F U L L C P Podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please DM the podcast or contact me. As always, please, please, please stay healthy, wash your hands, be safe, be positive. Next week, we will go into a full preview of this year's NFL playoffs, taking you through the big names and big games, and end by predicting who will hoist the Lombardi Trophy. We'll see you then.